what type of business are you really in? Are you in the product business? Are you in the service business? Are you in both? Are you actually in sales and marketing and you don't know it? Today's talk is with Dave Zook of Horizon Structures. And I think you're going to find this one really interesting because a lot of the points he brings up can be applied to just about any business. Listen to this. If you're someone who refuses to go along to get along, if you question whether the status quo is good enough for you and your family, you want to leave this world better off than you found it, and you consider independence a sacred thing, you may be a prepper, a gardener, a homesteader, a survivalist, a farmer, a rancher, an environmentalist, or a rugged outdoorsman. This show is for those who choose the road less traveled, the road to self-reliance, for those living a daring adventure, life off the grid. Dave Zook is the CEO of Horizon Structures, building custom modular barns, sheds, garages, kennels, and coops for nearly any scenario. Founded in 2010, Dave went from being a one-man owner-operator to a team of seven salespeople delivering products to all 48 states and even internationally. With multiple manufacturing facilities across the U.S., Horizon Structures now has global reach. Dave, his wife, and four children live happily in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Dave, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Hey, thanks for having me on your show, Brian. You know, I've got a few things going on, like you said. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial, business-friendly family, and my very first venture into the business world, I was pre-teen. You know, my dad had a business where we were manufacturing modular buildings. So I kind of grew up in that world. And then I got to the point where I was in my late teens, early 20s. The internet was still very young at that point. And and some of our dealers for our modular buildings were starting to get on the internet. It was back in the days when you could, if you had a modular building business, you could put your thing up on the internet and you were on the first page of Google. I mean, it was how, how young it was. And I remember going to my dad and saying, well, hey, what do you think about advertising on the internet and really getting our presence up there? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he was like, how busy do you want to be? I mean, we, you know, we were just slammed. I remember we were like 10, 12 weeks on behind getting buildings out the door. And, and so I ventured off and started my own business, started Horizon Structures for two reasons. One was because I saw an opportunity. Two was because I didn't want to grow up in the business world not knowing if I could go out and do something on my own and be successful. I mean, I see this happen quite often where the second and third generation kids come along, grow up in the business, and you got to wonder, and I'm sure they wonder sometimes, like, if I would have ventured out on my own, I wonder if I could have ever made some waves, you know, started a successful business and, and saw that through. So I was kind of more trying to prove myself to myself. And then the other thing was I saw the opportunity in the internet space and kind of went out in, in that realm. And, and that's really what we are at Horizon Structures. We're, we're a sales and marketing company. We sell quite a few different products, mostly in the modular building space. We sell modular horse barns and modular garages and you know modular dog kennels. And we sell all that stuff, but we're, we're a sales and marketing company. And we've got different manufacturing facilities set up now in several different parts of the country where we can you know, act as that sales and marketing arm and have other people build for us. So we've grown a lot over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, but it's, it's been a lot of fun and challenges along the way, of course, but we've grown a lot and had a lot of fun. 
That's so cool coming from that background. How long was it before you started seeing success on your own apart uh, original family business? That happened pretty fast. I mean, I know that probably the first five to seven years we were in business, we grew by a hundred percent year over at least a hundred percent. It was quite a few years where it was, you know, a couple hundred percent, but we grew by triple digits every year for the first five to seven years. Now it wow. becomes harder and harder as your sales go into the millions of dollars. But yeah. uh, those first couple of years, those first five, probably five, six years, you know, triple digit growth year over year, not very long at all. I mean, we were, yeah. I started with just me myself selling. And of course I had a, a trucking company as well, where we delivered our own products, our own modular buildings. So I was, you know, I had a trucking company and then I had this young company, Horizon Structures, that was just starting out. So I was like doing the sales, going down the road in my truck. And this was before cell phones were even mainstream. That first year or two, I had a home phone where somebody would call in in regards to an ad that I had placed or something on a modular building and they would call into my home. And when I'd get home from delivering modular buildings at night, then I'd take the call and call the people back and try and sell them a building. And the company grew from just me. And then of course I had a full-time employee, you know, in that first year, you know, after about six months and, and then it grew and now we're up to seven or eight employees in the office, full-time salespeople. And then of course we got a manufacturing team and all that, but no, a lot of growth in those first few years and, and we're still continuing to grow. We just closed out 2018 and we blew out some sales records and had our best year ever. Oh, fabulous. Really cool. Right now, what would you say is your top selling product? Our core business has been in the horse barn space from the time that we started. Now, we've got quite a few other products that we branched into, and, and there are some of those products that are really gaining traction. One of those has been the dog kennel space. When you think about people who have horses, just throw a number out there. It might be, what, 5% of the people in the United States, 10% of the people, whatever. Well, how many people have dogs? Yeah. I mean, you're talking probably 90% of the people have dogs. Mm -hmm. So the market is so much bigger. We have a couple of GSA schedules where you can sell directly to the government. Mm -hmm. And we're selling to SWAT teams and police forces. I mean, we're selling ah. to police forces in Oregon. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so we're taking, we're taking modular building, modular dog kennels. In fact, if you go on YouTube and put in Horizon Structures dog kennels, Mm -hmm. You kind of get the whole picture of how the whole delivery process goes, whether it's a dog kennel, horse barn, you know, big garage or any of that. Mm -hmm. And we delivered one, we had delivered a big dog kennel to a police force down in Greer, South Carolina. You'll see the video, but just that kind of thing and venturing out into that space, you know, that's a space that we kind of just ventured into. We were tinkering around with it, but really weren't real serious about it. And about uh, probably five years ago. And that's just really taken off. I mean, there is so much opportunity in that space. I would say right now, our core is still in the horse barn space, the modular horse barn space, but it's definitely uh, dog kennels are certainly gaining some traction. Right on. That's cool. Who would you say is your ideal customer? Ideal customer, and that varies some, but I'll just go back to the horse barn space. Ideal customer in the horse barn space is someone middle age, probably in their 40s. They have three to five acres. They've been boarding a horse somewhere down the road, five miles, 10 miles, whatever, and they're just ready to bring them home. We can come in there with a modular horse barn. They can put up a fence. They can bring their horse home and enjoy them right there at home. I would say a female, 
35 to 50 years old, I don't know, maybe it's midlife crisis. They want to either get into horses or they've been in horses for a long time, but they've stapled them somewhere else. And then when you're talking dog kennels, there's kind of two different kind of buyers, three mm-hmm. different kind of buyers. The one, of course, residential, not so much. Then the next step up is breeders, trainers, groomers, mm. dog sitters, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then more the commercial buyer would be SWAT teams and you know military and police forces. And we're really uh, getting a lot of traction there. That's just really cool. I mean, talk about a real varied marketplace. That's really awesome. If you were talking to any of those people, what would you say that makes you different out of any of the other modular options out there? We don't really have too much competition in the dog kennel world. And that's really why, you know, we're able to deliver these things out to California, Oregon, out to the West Coast. I mean, you know how you kind of have your thoughts in your own head about what you think is real. And I remember having this conversation because I thought we were kind of tinkering around with the dog panel space. And I remember we built some that were, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. And I thought the space capped out at twenty thousand. Who, who in the world would spend more than twenty thousand dollars on a dog kennel? I remember we built three dog kennels for some rescue shelter out in California. And the shipping to get a fourteen by forty building, you're talking, you know, super wide high permitted flag cars, the whole bit to take it all the way to California. You're talking about like $20,000 just in shipping. You know, mm-hmm. You're talking 15, 20,000 in shipping. And I remember the, their buildings came in at like 60 grand a piece. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, this is probably a once and done deal. I mean, this is crazy. You know, I never heard of somebody spending $60,000 on a duck. Then I did a follow-up call after the buildings were delivered, after everything was in place. And I was talking to the owner and I was asking how things were going, how they like them and all he said, I just can't believe the value for, for what we paid for. I mean, you're talking $60,000 for a big dog kennel. This is like, it's, it's nothing. I'm like, <laughs> thanks to myself. I, I was just, I wasn't even thinking straight. I mean, like, I, I would have never thought. Since then, I mean, we, we really put some, some effort and some marketing into this and realized the potential is out there. And since then, we've sold a whole bunch of six-figure dog kennels. I mean, you're talking Fabulous. dog kennels in the hundred to hundred fifty to $200,000 range. But when you look at what their options are, a $200,000 dog kennel, $150,000 dog kennel from us, if somebody was to build that from scratch, start to finish, in California, New York, Connecticut, wherever that is, you're probably talking three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in costs. That video that you can watch on YouTube, that video that I mentioned, you can hear the police officer say that they were looking at different options. The costs were just crazy. Then they found us and they're coming in a hundred thousand dollars under budget. And so when you look at what we're competing with, somebody building from scratch, a local contractor, and then us coming in with an already built modular building, there's really not that much competition in that space. Wow. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. And what's amazing to me is that as the people putting this together, is there a huge difference between a horse barn and a dog kennel besides the size? I mean, obviously you've got fencing and the specifics, but in terms of how much work comes from your end, it takes about the same, right? Yeah. Really what you start with is a box. You start with a footprint, you know? So, I mean, you're starting with whatever, a 12 by 40 building yeah. and then how you outfit that box, whether, you know, I mean, obviously there's a big difference dog kennel. You don't need the oak kickboard for like you do in a horse barn. And really the difference then just goes on the inside of the building, Mm -hmm. like how that is laid out, how it gets outfitted. Obviously there's a lot of things you got to do for inside of a dog kennel that you wouldn't have to do the, in a horse barn and vice versa. But no, I mean, it really just starts with 
with a shell, a frame. Of course, that's where the cost comes in too, because when you're even just like building a house, you start with your square footage and then you start outfitting the inside. I mean, you can really, well, you can make or break your budget on the inside of the house. Your framing and your shell is basically pretty universal. I mean, you know, there's certain square footage costs, but when you start putting the inside of it together and you're talking, you know, granite countertops versus regular countertops, or you're talking in a dog kennel, you'd be talking like polyurethane flooring where, you know, that's standard in our buildings now where it's a waterproof flooring. You can get in there with a power washer and you can wash it right down into the drain. You've got vinyl sidewall where it's all waterproof. There's all kinds of stuff on the inside that you can do that gives you a bunch of different options. But that's really the difference between a horse barn and a dog kennel is just how you outfit the inside of the box. That's awesome. That's really cool. What do you like best about your business and your industry? I like just business in general. I, I love it. I can't imagine ever working a W-2 job. I haven't done that since I was in my teens. And I just like the one customer relationships. I like sales and marketing. I just like me, when that sale happens and when you can deliver a product that meets or exceeds the customer's needs, I got guys in the shop, you know, I mean, you know, it's easy for those guys to just think, well, that's their job and they're just showing up and cranking out buildings and working as hard as they can. But I'm, I'm telling them, I got to remind them, like, this is somebody's dream. Like you're building somebody's dream. Somebody mm-hmm. might've saved up for the last five or 10 years or half their lifetime to be able to afford this building that you're building for them. So when you're able to, to deliver that, I love that stuff. And then to be able to have relationships with vendors and suppliers and builders and the whole thing, I, I can't imagine being not being a part of that world. So what would you say are your biggest gripes regarding your business and industry? Uh, you know, there's always challenges. A lot of our challenges are weather related. I know this year has been a challenge for us here in the Northeast in Pennsylvania. We've been getting a ton of rain. <laughs> it makes it hard because a lot of our bigger garages and some of our horse barns, you know, they take site work and concrete and you know, concrete footings and that kind of stuff. And it's been a mess this year. I just heard somebody say this morning that we got 77 inches of rain in, in Pennsylvania, 2018. It's crazy. Wow. Having to deliver modular buildings into people's backyards with that kind of scenario. I mean, it's been a challenge this year. And then of course, earlier in 2018, we had a tremendous lumber spike. You know, there was tariffs going on and, mm-hmm. you know, we buy a lot of lumber from Canada. And so we had OSB sheeting. We were used to paying 6 $7 a sheet for, and that stuff spiked to like $17 a sheet. So now mm-hmm. you're paying triple for a product that you use truckloads of them on a weekly basis, you know. And so <laughs> those kind of things, you know, there's always something. You know, yeah. if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. So have you found that that's leveled off now? Yeah, that's come back and stabilized and, and leveled off somewhat, yes. Oh, that's good. Where do you find your new customers at? As I told you before, we're a sales and marketing company. That's where our real strengths are. So, I mean, we do some shows. We advertise in the paper somewhat, but uh, we're, we're strong. We've got a strong internet presence. In fact, I would be interested to know if, you know, when you do a search, in fact, when we're done here, I'll give you a couple of keywords. You can type them into your computer and see what kind of results we get. We got over 5,000 industry specific keywords now that are in the first page of Google. You know, that's taken a lot of work, but you know, we got a good team around us that takes care of that kind of stuff. And we're heavy on the internet and then just having the, I mean, there's one thing to drive traffic to your website, but then having the reviews to go along with it. You ask about challenges. <laughs> I remember there was a customer who 
this this happened two or three years ago, but there was a customer who put a rush order in on a horse barn and we took her deposit and we built her the horse barn. And it wasn't just a stock order. It was a custom ordered horse barn. She then went out to her own contractor and got pricing for her site work that she needed to get done. And it ended up with the, the way she got permitted and all that the site work was going to cost her a lot more than she had figured on spending. So she canceled her order. And so we sent her deposit back minus 25% because of our policy. And it's clearly spelled out on our contract. You know, if you order this building and you, you know, you cancel the order after it was built, you know, obviously we got to find another buyer for it. And it was mm-hmm. specialty product. Well, mysteriously, like two days later, there was like 200 one star reviews came through and landed on our Facebook page. Wow. And they were all from like Mexico. So when you went on our Google reviews or our reviews and you, you know, you start checking it out, we went from like a 4.8 or 4.9 stars to like a two star company. All right. We're going to stop the conversation with Dave right there. If you are an owner or executive of a self-reliance based company and you're interested in taking your business from where it's at to really being ideal, to being a dream business. I know you've probably had a really successful business up until now, but what would it take to really make it ideal for you? What would it take to where you're putting in the perfect amount of time and doing the things you absolutely love in business? If you apply for a chat with me, we will talk about how to achieve that dream business scenario. You heard Dave talking here about these situations you really can't do anything about. The weather the government, a crazy customer sending a bunch of horrible reviews for you onto Facebook, which we really don't have any control over. Do you have enough confidence in your current situation that you believe you can overcome those storms hitting all at once? If not, we need to talk. Go to brianjpombo.com slash dreambiz, D-R-E-A-M-B-I-Z, and fill out the application. Now, there's no guarantee that I'm actually going to be the one that ends up talking with you, and there's no guarantee that you qualify. But if we do, it'll take 45 to 60 minutes. We're going to go through where you're at to where you want to be. And I will help you outline a plan on getting there. I want you to be able to walk away with a plan of actually achieving your dream business. Go to brianjpombo.com slash dream biz. And now back to the talk with Dave. And so, of course, we're, we're back and forth with Facebook trying to get this resolved. And they were acting like they couldn't do anything for us. And finally, one of our customers had... I don't know if it was an exec from Facebook, but it was directly related to Facebook, looked into this for us and disappeared. But they were up there for a year. So those kind of challenges. But just uh, having a really good marketing presence and then also having really good reviews. That's the number two buying decision that customers are making today is number one, referrals. Mm -hmm. Number two, positive reviews. Because as we found out, there's not a whole lot you can do to control. If you get bad reviews up there, you can't just go up there and delete them. They stay with you. Just having those positive reviews and then just having a marketing machine that can uh, direct people to our website. Absolutely. You mentioned search engine optimization within there. And like you said, you've been in that game since early on. You started noticing the power of that because you're showing up for the right terms. You've got your social media. and I love your guys' Facebook posts and YouTube videos. Social media on its own, how much has that benefited your business? Have you been able to see that directly or is that more of a, just something you feel like you need to do? I, I look at marketing as 
a spoke on the wheel. Everything that you do helps feed the other thing that you do. There's not one thing that you can point to and say, well, that's the thing that's made us successful. Mm-hmm. I talked about SEO. You know, we've got PPC. We've got mm-hmm. obviously the reviews. We write blog articles. And then, you know, there's, there's a number of things like that all kind of feed off each other. And if you can kind of be successful in the whole wheel, you know, where you got spokes in the wheel, you got eight different things that you're working on that are all kind of feeding each other. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. You can't just point at one thing and think, well, that's the reason for our success. So that's kind of how I see Facebook. It's yeah. Here's what I really like about the social media platforms. We've done things where we've reached out to a customer at her delivery of, say, her new horse barn. And when the trucks loaded up at our place, we take a picture, tag the customer, and then it's fun to see all the chatter from her friends and, you know, they're all chat to each other and comment. And then then on her side, when the building gets up to her place and then she takes a picture of it coming in the driveway and being unloaded and post them. And then you get this whole big chatter going on. All of that stuff doesn't hurt. Yeah. (laughs) So anything like that you can do to create a positive vibe, that's all part of our strategy. Absolutely. And then of course, when the customer is happy and, and they talk about it and tell their friends, a lot of our business is referral business. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question. Obviously, a lot of that takes you beyond just everything that you guys do online. So referrals, that doesn't necessarily have to be considered an online thing. That could be a one-on-one thing. Because I imagine if you have somebody referring you in the same area, you may end up with extra people that saw their neighbors and then they'll be ordering a horse barn from you. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's things that I've done for people who I know have been influencers, whether it's a horse trainer, whether it's, a, you know, somebody who I'm aware of that has a big network, has a big kind of presence. There's things that I've done for those people to get that sale where you never know, is this going to be the sale, you know, a one-time transaction, or is this going to lead to the guy's neighbor and his friend and his daughter? It could turn into 10 sales. So you never know for sure who that person is. Some of those people who you know have a following Mm -hmm. or have a presence in that specific market, you know, there's things that I've done to make sure I get that kind of a sale. Yeah. And I would, you know, going back to the marketing, to the SEO thing, I would bet if you were to take, you know, wherever you are in the country, if you were to search in Google for horse barn, either plural or singular, that we'd show up in the first page of Google. Yeah. Whether it's horse barn, modular barn, prefabricated horse barn, any of those things, we're going to most likely show up on the first page of Google. That's great. And, And you're talking, you know, you're talking, these are very highly competitive keywords. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you do any sort of outreach or marketing offline, trade shows, speeches, any type of traditional advertising? We do. We have a couple of shows. We kind of narrowed our strategy. There was a time when we were doing 15 shows and we were in 25 different paper magazines. Wow. And now today we're down to two or three shows and down to probably maybe two magazines. And the rest of our attention goes more toward digital. We kind of try to hit the shows that have been the monsters and have been kind of the, you know, the biggest shows in the area and have tried to hit those hard instead of scattering our presence over a bunch of smaller, more, more local shows. Mm -hmm. We saw a big shift around 2008. People are much more comfortable buying stuff on the internet than you used to be. No, you, know, yeah. you think about spending fifty to hundred thousand dollars in a modular horse barn on the internet, sight unseen. Yeah. 
I mean, we get some of that stuff happening. And it's not unusual for that kind of a customer to come out to our sales lot and, you know, look around and look at our product and all that. But it's, it's not unusual for guys to spend that kind of money, $50,000, I don't see it, never having even seen you face to face. And, that, and they, they just literally pop it over in the cart and put their credit yeah, card. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're having multiple conversations on the phone. I would figure. <laughs> and I, I just want to make that clear to everyone at home. Right. No, because that's usually this not a typical e-commerce purchase. No. <laughs> if you're selling a 50 or hundred thousand dollar horse barn, it's not an e-commerce transaction. Yeah. Typically you're having a few conversations, but it's surprising to me that people don't want to come down and, talk to you face to face and see the product and walk through some of your stuff. And I think that kind of goes along with a lot of our customers being referrals, a lot of our customers reading our reviews, talking to other people. We've also done something that is unique to our industry and it's on our website. You'll be able to see a map and on that map, there's a bunch of different customers of ours who we've reached out to specifically and said, would you be interested in being a referral source? And what happens is, let's say I live in Massachusetts and I go on that map and I see, oh, I, I got a customer over here that's got a horse barn similar to the wire away from me. And now she can click on that map. Customer's email pops up. The customer's a picture of her barn, kind of the town that she's at. We don't give up too much of that information mm -hmm. right up front, but the town where they're at and then an email address. So that customer can then email the customer who's bought something from us in the past and set up a time to go over and look at her horse barn. Wow. Um, and then, of course, if that transaction happens, then the customer who was a referral gets a little gift. We have a referral bonus that we send out to that customer. So wow. things That's like that that we've done that kind of uh, tries to help that referral thing and make it so that the person from Boston, Massachusetts, don't have to drive seven hours to get down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to see our product. Fabulous. If we had you back on the show, like let's say a year later, what would have, have had to happen over the last 12 months for you to have felt happy with the progress concerning your business? Anytime you're in any kind of business, you don't want to take a step backward. Of course, our sales goals are a little, you know, they're set for 2019. Obviously, they're set a little higher than they were in 2018. You know, it's not all just about numbers. If I feel like we've made some steps in the right direction, whether that was bolstering our team, getting stronger in a certain area, getting ourselves positioned correctly for the next two, three years, I, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take a step backward in time if I think that step backward is going to equate into two or three steps forward, mm -hmm. you know, in the longer term. I, I like thinking longer term. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, those kind of things, vendor relationships, there's things we do inside our company this year that we're excited about. And one of those was setting up a new builder in Kentucky. You know, that was kind of a oh, wow. kind of an area down there that we didn't have covered. That was in another business that we've got called Zip Cabins as well. And that was in that space. And, and now that gives us access to cover a lot of Tennessee. And there's some, I don't know how much you know about Tennessee, but that's one of the states projected to have some of the strongest growth in the country yeah. over the next decade. Absolutely. So that to me is exciting, those kind of things. So if I got to take a step backward in order to take two or three steps forward mm -hmm. in the next two to three to five years, yeah, I'm willing to do that. But no, you always want to be moving forward. Yeah, that's fabulous. What advice would you have to other business owners that are in similar markets? Just build a great product because that's where it starts. I mean, you, have, you can have great marketing and you can have great sales teams, but you got to be able to back it up. If you're looking long term, you got to be able to back it up. And the only way to get those great reviews, again, that's the second highest buying decision maker for customers is 
Google reviews. How do you get Google reviews? Well, you build a great product and give people a good experience. So just build a great product and then figure out how to get that out to the world. Awesome. Awesome. What, what could a listener do who may be interested in finding out more about your products and services? Where should they go? We've got a great website, horizonstructures.com. Go on there and, and look at our different products. Check out our reviews online. And then also check out some of the keywords that I gave you to see if our marketing's working right. Hey, thanks so much for being with us, Dave. Dave Zook from Horizon Structures, horizonstructures.com. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. That was an awesome talk with Dave Zook. He really knows his stuff. There's so much that he went over there, but I want to point out a few things that he mentioned. I thought it was interesting how he mentioned growing up in a family business and feeling the need to prove yourself. I think you can see a little bit of that coming through with the talk with Ann Malloy in the last episode, episode number four. It seems to be a common theme with people that grow up in the family business. I found it really interesting how he refers to himself as a sales and marketing company. Yes, they're known for producing these great modular structures, but that's not his main focus. They're at the point now where they can actually have other people producing the structures, and his focus is on the sales and marketing end of it, finding the right buyers for the end product and connecting those two together. That's a very different way of looking at business, and I don't think most business owners look at it that way straight off the bat, but I think you should ask yourself whether there's a possibility for you to have that into your business. I like the flexibility of his business in general, that one idea of having a modular building, basically a box. You've got a box, now what can we put inside the box? Okay, we could put horses inside the box. We could put dogs inside the box. He didn't mention it here, but I know they have chicken coops, small boxes for chickens. What animals, what situations would people need a box for? And all they do is they retrofit the box to fit your situation. All of a sudden, you have a new marketplace. You have a different type of person looking for something. It's such a unique way of looking at business. What do you produce in your business that could be switched just a little bit to create a whole new marketplace to hit an entirely different customer? And then he talked about that multi-spoked wheel of success. He said it's not just one thing that makes the difference for their success. It's all these different things. It's their marketing, their SEO, their social media. All the different pieces all are a spoke on the wheel. Alone, they don't hold it all together. Together, they make the entire wheel and they make the whole thing possible. It's a very holistic way of looking at the entire business, and I think that's very healthy. It's something we can all learn from. And finally, he mentioned that automatic testimonial system, where they're taking testimonies from people that have used their product and then asking them if they would open themselves up to talk to other people interested in getting the same thing. That's a gutsy move. And the fact that he's able to achieve it and then actually work it into the website to where you can get an email address of somebody that has bought the same thing that you're looking at so that they can talk to that person. That's an incredible thing. And it's what they're referring to now as social proof. Just the fact that you have that there will make a person more confident about you and your product or service. It's something to keep in mind. How could you build something similar into what you're doing, into what you're offering online and off? Overall, 
awesome conversation. I can't wait to see what Dave Zook and Horizon Structures are doing in the future. Join us again on the next Off the Grid Biz Podcast, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com, helping successful but overworked entrepreneurs transform their companies into dream assets. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Off the Grid Biz Podcast, go to offthegridbiz.com slash contact. Those who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse my beliefs, suggestions, or advice, or any of the services provided by our sponsor. Our theme music is Cold Sun by Dell. Our executive producer and head researcher is Sean E. Douglas. I'm Brian Pombo, and until next time, I wish you peace, freedom, and success.